Welcome to an inspirational message from Creekwood Church. We hope that you have an encounter with God and discover practical ways to help you live a life of purpose. Good morning, Creekwood. How's everybody doing? So like three of you. All right, that's okay. We can work with that. It's all right. I'll let you warm up just a little bit. Uh, My name is Kendall, and I'm one of the pastors here at Creekwood. And I get the opportunity to kick off a brand new series that we are starting today, going to go over the next few weeks, called Fix Your Eyes. And uh, we're going to be basing this series out of Hebrews chapter 12. So if you have your Bibles, you can go ahead and turn there. Um, But we find ourselves right here at the start of 2019. Um, I don't know about you, but I'm excited for this year. Uh, You know it's going to be a good year when gas is under $2 a gallon and the Cowboys were in the playoffs, okay? Now, I know you might think that's a bad thing, but hey, given the track record over the last few years, that's pretty good, okay? So we just just need to be happy about that. Um, But with that said, with talking about the start of the year and all of that, I've got a question for you. How many of you are New Year's resolution people? Okay, like more, a few more actually this service than the other one, surprisingly. Um, How many of you are not New Year's resolution people? Like you just don't do it at all. Yeah, I definitely fall more on that side of things. Um, I don't really know why. Maybe just the realist in me is like, if the calendar changes, that doesn't magically make me do something that I tried to do all of last year. You know what I mean? Um, And so maybe that's why. But what I am is I'm a big believer in that what we put our focus on in life makes a big difference, right? Like, what is your focus on in life, right? Um, the, what are the goals that you're striving for? What, um, what's the fresh vision that you really feel like God's given you for this time in your life? Not five years ago, but right now. And we want to talk about this over the next few weeks, talk about Hey, what can you do in your life to grow spiritually and really fix your eyes on Jesus, right? What changes can you make that will take you from where you are now to a new and a better place? Because I don't know about you, but I want to end up in a better place. I want to grow in who I am and who God I am in my relationship with God through 2019, right? I want to be at a better place at the end of the year than I am at the beginning of the year, um, But, you know, we've been in the middle, as Pastor Brad mentioned, of 21 days of prayer. And I love this time of year, and I've got to be a part of it since we first started right when we moved into this building. And it's really became one of my favorite times of the year. Um, And the, the prayer cards, those blank cards that were on your seat when you came in, we filled a bunch out last week. If you have any prayer requests, you can write them down on that drop them off in the offering box. But what we do with those is we lay them all across this stage. And even after last week, cards were four or five deep all the way across this stage of prayer requests and things that you're believing for this year. And one of the things that I've just kind of learned in life and one of the things that I see on those prayer cards, and man, prayer cards for anything and everything that you can imagine that as a church you're praying for. Um, but the reality is, is that each and every one of us, right, our eyes are fixed on something, right? Your eyes are fixed on something. Maybe it's a new job that you started. Maybe it's a new position in your job. Maybe you're looking to expand your business. Maybe you're looking to, um, for the single people in the room, you're hoping to start a relationship this year in 2019, Maybe your hope for this year and what you're focused on is maybe you're about to or you're hoping to have a child this year. 
maybe you're saving up for something, right? That next thing, that home improvement, that whatever it is. But at the end of the day, we are all focused on something. And so what I want to do is, is I want us to kind of, I guess, start with a self-assessment. So I want you to kind of think about this for yourself. When you came in, you were handed a note card, um, and, and I wanted to give that to everybody for two things. We talk about taking notes. It's really good to help you um, remember what we talk about in the message, but so that you have it to look back on over the next few weeks of the series as well. And at the top of that, there are three self-assessment questions. The first question is this. You can fill in the blank. What did I fix my eyes on in 2018? Right? What did you fix your eyes on? What were your goals? Just think about that. What were your goals? What were the things that you worked towards this past year? And, and that thing, that it, when you got it, was I more or less satisfied in life? Right? Did you find joy in that when you got it? Did you find fulfillment? Did you get that satisfaction? Maybe you didn't get to it. What about the last it that you worked on? That last thing you saved up for. That last thing that was a big accomplishment in your life. Now take it forward to this next year. Or right now. The it that you're striving for in life, is it the right thing? Is the it that I'm striving for, is it the right thing? You see, because where we fix our eyes matters. It matters in the joy that you have every single day. It, it matters in your relationships. It matters in your career. It matters in the way that you walk through life every single day. And I would argue, not only does it matter, there is a lot on the line when it comes to what our eyes are fixed on, what our focus is on in our life, right? Your marriage is on the line. Your friendships, your relationships are on the line. Your career, the very way you walk through life is on the line. Parents, your kids' lives are on the line because you're not just raising a kid. You're raising a husband, a wife, a mother, a father, right? There's a lot on the line when it comes to our life. And where you find yourself today, everything that is your life is a direct result of where your focus has been up to this point. The good thing about this, if we change what our eyes are fixed on, we can change where we're at. The bad thing, we have no one else to blame but ourselves for where we currently find ourselves. And I want you to think about this idea, and I've got this question, um, and just kind of like, I don't know about if you guys are on the same page with me. Any of you guys ever had something that turned out differently than you had planned in life? Anybody? Yeah? See, see a bunch of hands? I think we've all been there multiple times, right? And I, I've shared a little bit of my story in this before, but this definitely has happened in my life when it came to getting married. Because, man, isn't just relationships, they just always go exactly as you plan, right? Um. So my plan was to uh, be dating the girl that I wanted to marry uh, when I was in college and shortly after graduating school to be able to um, get married maybe a year after, you know, if she was younger than me and I needed to wait on her to finish school or whatever it may have been. And, but shortly thereafter to get married and, and live happily ever after. But it didn't work out that way. Not only did it not work out that way, it didn't work out 
for almost 10 years. And in that 10 years, I had one serious relationship. This hope, this, this, this dream, this want to have companionship in my life, this, this thing that I felt like was, was, was a good thing and I felt like God um, had placed in my heart this want to have somebody, right, to, to do ministry and walk through life with. And it wasn't happening according to plan and it wasn't happening anywhere near close to plan. You see, in 2014, I found myself um, in a pretty dark place. I just recently got out of uh, that long-term relationship that, that didn't work out. And I was dealing with that question of God, like, why, why hasn't this happened? Right, here I am, years after what I thought. And here I am looking at this and going, man, now I'm not even dating anybody. I'm like not even getting married for several years at this rate. Like, what in the world is going on? Dealing with the loneliness that comes with that. Dealing with the moments of like sitting in my bedroom floor going, why God, what in the world are you doing? I thought that this was supposed to happen this way and it hasn't happened that way, not just for a month, but for years. What in the world is going on? And I remember so vividly starting 2015 and going, man, this year's gonna be different, right? Like, oh my goodness, like I'm starting to get older and, and I really need to find um, this person that I, I wanna spend the rest of my life with and all of this. And, and walking into 2015, I was like, you know, maybe I wanna meet somebody outside of the circle of people I know um, and, and maybe I should try online dating. And if you've ever done online dating, let's just say it's just a little bit weird. All right, we're just gonna leave it at that, but it's just a little bit weird. Um, but we were walking into this, this exact same time of 21 days of prayer and fasting. And I remember going, God, um, I'm going to pray about this. It was just kind of, like I said, it was just kind of weird not having ever done it. And I'm like, God, is this what you have for me? And as I was praying about it through 21 days of prayer and fasting, um, the answer I got from God was not what I was looking for, but the answer was not yet. And I did, I think, what we so often do. And I was like, really? I'm going to pray about that some more. <laughs> and I prayed about it through 21 days of prayer and fasting. And again and again, I felt like I got the answer, not yet. And so again, I bargained with God. I'm like, okay, well, I'll do this for a little bit. God, I'll be obedient. Because like, I really wanted to do what he wanted for my life. And God, I'll be obedient. And, and I'll do this for a month or two. And um, then, then maybe I'll kind of get the green light to go ahead and do that. Not only did it not happen for the first month, second month, third month, fourth month. Six months later, I find myself at 21 days of prayer in August, and I'm thinking, hey, man, this is going to be it, right? This is going to be when. Nope. Not right now. Not yet. Not yet. A year later, 21 days of prayer and fasting to start 2016. Same prayer, God. At this point, it was kind of like, God, what do you want? Like, (laughs) Like, what's this about, God? I'm, I'm, I'm trying to be obedient. I'm, I'm, I'm doing my best to be faithful at this. And at 21 Days of Prayer, at the conclusion of it in 2016, I really felt like God was like, okay. All right, I don't, I don't ever get this big, like, yes moment from God. <laughs> but it was for the first time I didn't have this, not right now. For the first time, my feeling was this just isn't the right timing. You know, my dad I always told me something when I was younger, um, Man, and this is for someone in here because I hadn't said this in any other service, but he always 
would tell me that the right thing at the wrong time is still the wrong thing. Right? The right thing at the wrong time is still the wrong thing. And I always wanted to honor that. But in, in, in 2016, I, I, so I signed up for online dating. Um, went on a, one of the dating websites, and I, and I signed up, and I was like, okay, we'll give this a try. I don't know. I'm just going to meet somebody, hopefully. We'll see. Super casual. Um, started talking to a girl, ended up setting up a date um, with her, and two years later to the day, she became my beautiful wife. Yeah, it's um, awesome. Yeah, she's beautiful. She's awesome and has been a blessing. Um, this is not an online dating testimony because that does not work that way, okay? Talk to anybody else that's tried it. It did not happen because it was both of our first date on that website, right? It was a God moment. It was a God moment. What if I would have forced the issue a year before? How would it end up? I don't know. But I promise you it wouldn't have worked out like it did, right? It wouldn't have worked out like it did. What if the thing, right, that thing that God's given you, make it personal to you, what if that thing that God's given you, that hope, that dream, that passion, that thing that maybe you've been thinking about, and you've been asking God, God, I know you gave this to me. Why hadn't it happened yet? What, what, what is it with this? Why, if you gave it to me, God, why have I been waiting 5, 10, 15 years for this to happen? What if that thing was this far away? What if what God was waiting for was for you to focus on him so that it aligned things in your life to where this could then happen? With that in mind, I want us to go and I want us to look at our course scripture for the series, Hebrews chapter 12. We're gonna be looking at verses one and two. It's on your notes and it'll also be on the screen so you can follow along. Um, This part of Hebrews is devoted to how we are to live out our Christian faith. As Christians, how are we supposed to live? And I want to read verses 1 and 2, and then we'll go back in and talk about it just a little bit. It says this, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and the perfecter of our faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning at shame, and set down at the right hand of the throne of God. Now, if you've been in church for any amount of time, most of the time that I've heard this passage talked about, it's talked about in running your race, right? Running life, running this race as a Christian, and that is a portion of this. But what I've also found is that there's verses in the Bible that I can read, and I can read over them and think about them for a minute, and I get the meaning, and I'm like, okay, God, I get what that says, There's other verses that if you will dig into, there is a lot in them that I think really would speak to us and does speak to us on another level. And I want to do this. I want to go a little bit statement by statement, and they're going to leave this passage up on the screen behind me for you guys to follow along. And I want to break this down just a little bit. Um, This statement starts off, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, right? Like, what does that mean? And this is talking about the other Christians and the Christ followers that are in our life that are around us. Maybe, maybe this was a, uh, a grandparent. Maybe this was a parent that prayed for you to accept Christ in your life. 
right? Maybe this was um, a friend that invited you to church, but it doesn't just stop there. This is the people that are running this race with you, right? That are around you, that are cheering you on. This is the community in your life. This might be your life group. This might be your life group leader. It could be a lot of things. This is the same thing we see over and over again in scripture about how we were not meant to run through this life on our own, right? In this Christian faith, we are surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses. And it goes on to say, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. And I think on this statement, what I naturally do is I go and I look at the thing that says the sin so easily entangles, right? Because we talk about sin, right? We're in church. We know that we've got things that we struggle with in our life. But what about those things that aren't a sin issue, but they're not good for you? Right? I think if we're careful, we read over, let us throw off everything that hinders. And what in your life isn't a sin issue, but it's holding you back? Maybe this is negative friends. Maybe this is um, a horrible workplace. Maybe this is fill in the blank, right? The t- amount of TV that you watch. I mean, a lot of things can fall in it, but only you can answer it for you, what is holding you back from all that God has for you? And then it goes on to say, and the sin that so easily entangles. Of course, it is, does include a sin issue because when we're running the race of life, which we know is not an easy race, right? There is sin in our life. And if we're not careful, it will trip us up. up. And not only will it trip us up, it will hold us back from all that God has for us. It goes on to say, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, right? Let us run this race with perseverance, right? It takes, it takes intentionality. We know life's not easy. And just because you accept Jesus Christ into your life does not make everything a bed of roses, right? We know this. It doesn't, it's not like this magical fix-all, you accept Jesus Christ and everything's great, yay, It doesn't work that way, right? It's running a race with endurance. It's painting this picture of this long distance runner of which I am not, but my wife has run multiple half marathons and some 15Ks and different things like that. She she likes to run, I just don't and probably never will. Um, But one of the things I've learned by watching her is you don't just wake up and run long distance, right? There's training that goes into it. There's effort that goes into it. If you're eating horribly and you're drinking Diet Coke all day, the week leading up to the race, it's not going to go well for you, right? It just doesn't work. Like, what are you eating the day before a race? Like, what are you eating that morning? What are you wearing? What kind of shoes do you have, right? Do you have energy or anything with you for during the race, right? There's all these things that have to be learned as you're running the race. And this is that picture that's being painted, right? It's this picture of it takes endurance, it takes intentionality to run through this life. Verse two starts with our statement that this series is based on fixing our eyes because we are called to walk through this life, to run this race of life with no divided attention, with our eyes solely fixed on Jesus, which is easier said than done. But with our eyes fixed on Jesus, with no focus on anything else. And it says that he is the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. Like, what does that mean? 
right? He's the, Jesus is the core to our faith and gives us an example for us to live by. This is why we talk about, hey, this is the example Jesus laid out for us. We see in the Bible that Jesus said this. This is how we know how to live life as Christians. But it doesn't just stop with that. Did you know that the highest and lowest points in your life, right? Those, those moments where we go, why God? God, what's the purpose of this? God, why did this happen to me? God, why has this worked out the way it is? When we question God, it's in those moments that God is perfecting our faith, right? It's often in those moments where we question God the biggest that we don't understand what is going on. When you're wounded, God will use those wounds in your life to keep him close to you because if we could do it on our own, why would we need a savior? Right? Why would we do this if we could do it on our own? And it wraps up with these couple of last statements. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross. Right? Jesus, he endured the cross, endured the pain, endured the torture that was dying that way, knowing what was coming because he could see the joy of bringing you and me salvation on the other side. Right? Was 2018 a hard year for you? Man, your faith is being perfected. You screwed up this year? You bet you did. Jesus dying on a cross for our sin assumes that we're going to mess up. Right? The things that you look at and you beat yourself down for because you've been struggling with them. Jesus died for that and he, because he died for our sins, past, present, and future. And it goes on to say, scorning its shame. Because you see, the shame that comes from sin, right? The Bible tells us that all of our sin was thrown on Jesus when, at the time when he died. Right, the shame that came from the cross, the shame that comes from your sin, the thing in your life that you don't want to talk about, the struggle that you have in the dark, the struggle that you don't want anybody else to know that you struggle with. Those are the very things that we're embarrassed by that when Jesus comes into our life and changes our situation and changes our circumstance, change from embarrassment to Jesus saved me out of this. I once struggled with this, but now I've been set free. How many times have we heard stories like that, right? Because of that shame of sin is, is taken away. It's changed, it's flipped. And then I love this promise at the end of this verse and set down at the right hand of the throne of God. It's this reminder that we serve a savior that is alive, that is there, that is walking through life with us. And so when your life feels out of control, when it feels like the rug's been ripped out from under you, when your life is on fire, when nothing is going according to plan, if you'll listen to God, if you'll implement the Holy Spirit's direction in your life, right? If you'll fix your eyes on Jesus, your life can and it will be drastically different. Because we've been surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, because we threw off what hindered because we put to death the sin that entangles our life, because we run with endurance this race, because our eyes are fixed on Jesus, your life can and will be drastically different. So I ask you this question again, what are your eyes fixed on? As I was getting ready for this message, I ran across this story and it was going around social media a while back. You may have heard of a guy by the name of Nick Walinda. 
and Nick is a tightrope walker. He's tightroped across Niagara Falls. He's tightroped across um, a couple skyscrapers in Chicago. But the one part of his story that really caught my eye is he tightroped across a portion of the Grand Canyon. And I want to show you a clip of this video of, of him tightroping across the Grand Canyon. Um, and I want you to watch where his eyes are fixed. See you soon. Woo, that's a view there, buddy. Praise you, God. Praise you, Jesus. How's that reacting now, Nick? Uh, I'm not liking it. Yeah. Good. I know it's oh, not... Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Okay. Yep, that's it. You're doing right. All right, y'all. That boy, that boy is crazy. <laughs> and in blue jeans, okay? Like, did you see that? He's in, like, blue jeans. I'm like, man, I would have done trips on my blue jeans, like, three steps in, okay? But what's crazy is, is, you know, he's sitting there in that rope, and you hear him, his dad's the one talking to him in his ear. And you hear him, and he's like, hey, how's that reacting? He's like, I'm not liking it. You can see that just swaying, right? But where are his eyes? His eyes aren't right here. His eyes aren't going like this. Like, right here is my situation, and I don't know if I'm going to make it. And, man, God, I, I know there's all these things going on in my life, but this right here is all I can see, and this is all I'm consumed by. No, his eyes, they're out in front of him. They're out looking at where he's going, not right where he's at. And don't worry, we're going to come back and we're going to finish the story. But I want to pause here and I want to give you three things that it takes for us to fix our eyes on Jesus. You can turn your note card over and you can fill these in on the back side. So this is, this is what can you do today? What can you do tomorrow to, to, to begin to fix your eyes on Jesus in your life? The first one Fixing your eyes on Jesus takes connection. It takes connection. Um, we read how Jesus is the pioneer and the perfecter of our faith, right? You cannot fix your eyes on Jesus without first having a relationship with him. That's why we do salvation calls at the end of services. That's why we have a prayer team across this front at the end of services is so that there's always this continual opportunity for people to commit to their life to Christ, to give their life to Christ. It's why we do 21 days of prayer and fasting because it's a connection point between you and Jesus. Number two, fixing our eyes on Jesus takes community. Takes community. Um, we read about him being or us being surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses. Right? We need accountability. We need people to walk through our life with um, that can that can be there for us. My wife and I. We got involved in our first couple's life group this past semester. It was a brand new life group that had just started. I knew a few of the people just from church, just a little bit. Um, but man, I wish I had the time to sit here and tell you all the stories of accountability, of encouragement, of walking through some of the craziest things with people in that life group already in one semester, right? We were meant to walk through this life with people in our life and fixing our eyes on Jesus is not something that we can do alone. And third, 
fixing our eyes on Jesus, man, it takes consistency, right? Run the race with endurance. It takes consistency. It's not something you wake up and you just do in a moment. There's no quick fix here. There's great importance in the small, consistent tasks of life, right? If, if this is all that your Christian faith is, is one hour on a weekend, you will never be able to fix your eyes on Jesus, right? It takes time praying. It takes time in God's word. It takes time learning and growing your Christian faith, right? We all say we want this quick fix, right? We, we love being able to get, make things happen. Our society knows this about humanity, right? We want to be able to order our drink online or on the app at Starbucks and walk in and pick it up. We want to be able to sit in a line of 25 cars at Chick-fil-A and get a chicken sandwich in 10 minutes, right? I don't know how, and nobody else has learned how to do that but them, but somehow they're the only ones that know that, right? But this is what they say, what everybody, companies know, we want to be able to do things quickly. Online shopping, Amazon is an example of this. The app that you can use at Sam's Club is an example of this, right? We want everything quick, but I would pose the question to you, is that what we really want? You want your doctor to take the two-year accelerated program? Does your favorite restaurant become your favorite restaurant because they're good one time? Do you want your spouse to only love you on your wedding day? Do you want friends that are there for you one time and then not there for you again? Right? Do you want do you want to work for a company that makes a profit one month but then the next 3 they don't? Anything worth anything in our life takes consistency. I want to go back to the video of Nick. And for all those people that like things to be completed, we're going to show this to you. But I want you to notice something. And something crazy, as I was reading about his story, when he did this walk, there's almost 30 mile an hour winds blowing through the canyon at that time. But I want you to really pay attention to where his focus is. And then he says some really amazing things at the end. I want you to watch the rest of this. All right. Lord, you are everything. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Discovery Channel, for believing in me. Little nephew's standing out there watching, too. True artiste. I don't know about that. But you take your time, man. I am. gentlemen has made history it was way more way more windy and the movement of the cable and the sidewalls as I was walking were getting in the way and confusing me as the pendulums were swinging against them so I try to react and when I reacted I'd kick that rhythm into the cable and it took every bit of me to stay focused that entire time and the fact that those pendulums swinging this way and the cable moving this way and a wall that's solid really was confusing for me to see to have anything to focus on that I can counterbalance off of 
Oh, I'm so relieved. I can finally, like, breathe again. This was a lifelong dream for him, a dream realized now as he looks out at what he just did, which was to cross the Grand Canyon 1,400 feet across 1,500 feet high. Y'all, that boy crazy. I'm just telling you. Did you hear what he said, though? He said when he was walking with the wind and everything, and he'd try to react, and he would kick more motion into that wire. And it was hard to keep his focus. How often? And when we're trying to deal with the situations and the circumstances of life on our own, do we kick more turbulence and do we mess things up when we try to do it on our own? Right? What are your eyes fixed on? Would you stand to your feet with me today? What are your eyes fixed on? You see, because if you will fix your eyes on Jesus, you will begin to see you the way that God sees you. If you will fix your eyes on Jesus, you will begin to see that he wants the best for you, that he wants um, you to prosper, that he has hopes and dreams for you. You know, that thing that you've been holding on to, that dream that God's placed in your heart, that thing that you've been going, why God? That person you've been praying for and you've been saying, why God? Maybe you being in this room right now is that moment where you've been like, oh my goodness. I know people have been praying for me to be in this service and God's gonna give an opportunity today for you to accept Jesus Christ into your life. This year, what are your eyes going to be fixed on? Thank you for listening. For more messages and information about Creekwood Church, visit us at creekwoodchurch.com.